When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Hello, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Kevin. And, and we're, we're your favorite, favorite aunts. aunts. We finally nailed it. We did it. Okay, we're two best friends who have a lot in common and a lot on our mind. And each week we're going to tell you what is on said minds, pop culture, Christian subculture, everything in between. And also we ask, uh, we answer some questions from listeners, people like you. And like your favorite aunts, we've got lots of opinions and a few drinks in us. Because it's um, it's more fun that way, right? So let's get into it. This is a new episode of Your Favorite Aunts.
two, one. Hi. Oh my God. We made it. We did it. We truly did. We I'm did. So we did. I'm so absolutely thrilled and excited. I'm looking to see. All right. Welcome to your favorite aunts, um, the weekly podcast where me and Sarah um, uh, talk a little bit of shit um, and get a little hit. You know what we I'm saying? Like we act like your favorite aunts. The aunt that you like would actually go to an advice. You know, I have to. Time. I have to tell you something. This is me. This is honest time. Honest talk. You ready okay. for honest time? Honest talk. Well, I think that's the worst. Do. I think this is the that's the worst description. I don't. I don't want to be perceived as an aunt like that. Like, because like. Okay, what well, a, tell me how you want to be perceived. It's just like it's not like I was like I just wouldn't describe it that way. I'm just like. Because like hanging out with me is not like hanging out like an aunt at all. Just, That's fair. I'm I'm a parody of an aunt. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. The aunt yeah. you wish you the aunt you wish you had. No. I not don't think that's that. responsible. I don't think I don't think you should wish me to be a part of your family. That's too much pressure. Oh, I want you to be part of my family. Well, I don't have to be your aunt to do that. I can I don't know. I, I think we, I want a different way of describing it. I just want to put that on the table. You know, I'm glad we had this conversation now. <laughs> um, your face is frozen. And um, I don't know if you can uh, see me there or not. I'm going to turn you off and then maybe turn you back on. Not, you're still frozen. Well, Sarah, I'm, are you there? I think I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. I, can uh, I never lost you. Well, I lost you, but now you're here. I'm um, here. That shitty basement Wi-Fi. You need to ask the Lord for something. Anyways, um, uh, welcome to the pod, everyone. If you are listening on the pod, please go ahead and give us a little chatty chat. Shout out in the comments, wherever you are. Um, Cause they'll pop up over here on the side of the screen as like, you know, if we're asking a question. So just say like, you know, who are you? Where are you from? How are you feeling? That's oh. the questions we have for the audience right now. Who are you? Where are you at? Where are you feeling? Um, today on the podcast, we have a very, very exciting human joining us today. I'm so excited. Um, um, you may know him from such podcasts such as um, Exvangelical. Um, you may also know him from his other podcast called Powers and Principalities. You may also know him as just being the person who coined the phrase or the term, uh, oh my God, that he beer did, was. He definitely didn't coin that phrase right there. Yeah, yeah, he didn't coin that. Um, he did coin Arsenicoitai though, you know. It's Paul, everybody. Now he coined the phrase ex-evangelical and has been just doing an incredible job of um, reaching out and working with and having folks gather around this idea of what does it mean to be an ex-evangelical, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and we love him. We know him. And so please welcome to the uh, Your Favorite Ants podcast universe, Blake Chastain, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> um, Hi, everybody. 
Thanks oh. for having me. Thank you for all those kind words. Oh, that, listen, too much. can you hear the professional microphone sound? <laughs> like, so listen, here's, a, here's something you and me, Sarah, we need to, in, uh, when we invest in ourselves, you know, we yeah. need to maybe get ourselves some, some of these. What, what, tell us what, tell us what you're using tonight, Blake. That's a sure MV7 USB microphone. Wow. A st industry yeah. standard, I hear. Yeah, it's the it's the USB version of the uh, of the industry standard radio broadcast one, which is uh, still above what I'm able to spend on equipment. <laughs> you and me both. You I feel like I need to I feel like I need to like sit on something to be on the same. Can you, can you turn you your guys. just turn Maybe your camera I can down? Turn my camera. There down. you a little bit further. A little bit further. That, uh, Hold on. Oh, there we go. Oh, there you are. Beauty. Yes. Beauty and <laughs> majesty, strength and beauty. Be just kidding. I don't know um, what's going Blake. on with Kevin uh, today. I don't. I, I have Can no I, control. I, I have. No, I have to That's confess right. to you. I think I'm a little buzzed already. I think I'm buzzed because. I, um, I've got my rosé right here. I'm, I I'm, I already drank um, a full pint of beer. I am proud of you. I have just started hard kombucha. I drank a lot last night, so I'm trying to slow it down. I'm drinking hard kombucha. Don't. I need to like reset because last night I drank alcohols. So you're drinking hard kombucha? <laughs> drink, drink a tea. Drink a water. No. I mean, How dare you? How Man. dare you, ma'am? I, I am not here to shame you. Yeah, you are. I, I repent. Thank you. Um, I repent. And as somebody, I mean, I'm somebody like, uh, I don't give a fuck. You know me. Uh, but anyways, Blake, we've got a couple of things that we like to get through every single evening, yes. every single week. It's um, it's, uh, the first part. Um, we just check in with one another. So I'm going to just mm -hmm. toss it to you, Blake. Um, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, all things considered this week. So. Yeah, I have had a had a pretty uh, pretty good week. A couple of parenting things came up, but other than that, pretty laid back week so far. <laughs> I've never parented before. Um, I did. I do parent my myself. I reparent mm -hmm. myself, and I parent my dog. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I mean, uh, that's me trying to be related. It's been a pretty laid back week. Um, July was really busy. A lot of, uh, a lot of travel. Like I know you just got back from the road and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I hadn't like, you know, gone nowhere for like a year and a half. And then all of a sudden was traveling, um, most weekends, which was very different for me <laughs> after being a homebody for a long time. Yeah. Mm. How was your week, Kevin? Um, that's not the question you're supposed to ask. Oh no. Yeah. I'm supposed sorry. to say, how the hell are you? Yeah, but I know oh, that you're a good, you're a good you? Christian, so I know you don't always yeah. use those <laughs> words. Am I? Am I a good one? Like, I am I a good Christian or am I a Christian? That's the question. But <laughs> What does good mean is really... Anyway, Kevin, how the hell are you? Both of us want to know. You don't have to be good. You don't have to crawl through the desert. Wait, what, what did Mary Oliver say? <laughs> you're doing it. Um... I am delightful and delicious. I'm having such a fun day. Um, it's just been kind of like a lot of sitting and dreaming and thinking about stuff, which is like a lovely creative vibe for me. Um, I 
I cleaned the gutters. I mowed the grass again. And also they are a homeowner. Um, I am a homeowner. I had to go buy a ladder so that I could get up and clean the gutters out. And the reason I knew I needed to clean them out was because a small little small trees were growing out of the gutters. And I was like, that's not that's not right. That's not good. Yeah, so. that's not how that works. Because it actually rains in Atlanta. So you got to watch out for that. Ooh, but let me tell you what my elephant ears, I thought they were going to perish, but they are thriving. Truly, truly joyful about that. And you're happy to be home. Yeah, indeed. So, Sarah, how the hell are you feeling? I'm good. How do you... How do you exist today? I'm good. I'm really tired. I uh, went out with my friends last night. Uh, stayed up too late, early, you know. Um, Classic. Feeling real 40 right now, guys. Real 40. Uh, 40 and thriving. 40 and thriving. Um, I'm doing really well. I. It has definitely been one of those weeks, right? Like where mm-hmm. um, I, it's been a roller coaster for me. And poor Kevin is the one who has to take those phone calls. Um I don't have to do anything I want. Correct. Uh, And so just the excitement of like out here working on my trailer and some days it's going really well and some days it's not going really well and it's a lot of work and I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. And um, working on what's next for me career wise has been a little bit stressful, but also it's been really fun to be here in Bend, Oregon. Guys, the the people that are here are just, I can kind of relate a little bit, Blake, where I feel like when I was in California, I don't know if it was because... I was living during COVID times. I mean, I've lived in California for a long time, but I feel like I was so, uh, I was never around people. I think part of it was being a pastor. Part of it was all these other things, but being around people here has been just fantastic. I am enjoying being amongst the people. And so um, we'll get into it later, but wear your damn mask people because I, I'm an introvert and I miss people. Mm-hmm. Listen, she says mm-hmm. I've missed being with the dolls. Yes, I have. <laughs> Brunching. Yeah. Guys, um, there's this thing called brunch that happens on Sunday. Did you guys know about it? Girl, I'm the high priest of the I've church heard. of brunch. Where have you been? <laughs> my um, also like that is, oh my God, that's what I'm doing this Sunday. Oh, brunch. I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I just, we were asking the audience too to tell us in the comments, how the hell are you? Our friend Shane over here is like uh, tired, on edge, but glad to be here. You know, I'm sorry that you're yeah. feeling on edge. Welcome Maybe if you take a little, um, a little bevy. And also Peggy, um, who, um, Peggy, shout out to Peggy, who's one of my friends. And she came to the show in Minneapolis. <gasps> it was really great. She's feeling the same, same introvert. Can't take this isolation anymore. What do we do? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit. Um, everyone that I am good friends with here are either first responders or are nurses, and so just sort of hearing from like their perspective, everything that they're going through is super interesting. Like so many of them are just in um, COVID fatigue. Like they're just so tired, and they're just like, where oh, did yeah. get vax? Like they can't, like they can't handle it, guys. Uh, and I don't blame them. Get. Nothing yeah. vaccinated. Yeah. I, I saw something. I mean, this is nothing compared to your personal interactions, but uh, I saw something on like TikTok just about it was of, of a nurse that was like, I'm done. And it was just about the past year and a half. And a lot of people think that there's going to be a lot of people burned out from just being 
you know, mm-hmm. in, in the nursing industries, first responders, all those people that provide this care for people. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm actually shocked even within my own career, as I've stepped away, the number of people who have told me that they're so burnt out as pastors, like, and I know that's a different mm-hmm. field and a different thing, mm-hmm. but I think being asked to be all these different things in different ways is just, and that goes across, I mean, that is across all fields. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I'm, I'm wondering how much we're going to see like burnout um, and if we're going to learn how to deal with it and learn how to talk about it and learn how to talk about sabbatical and rest and what that means and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. And caring for like a whole, the whole human and like for human. every human. I, something, and I, something you said, just like, I know they're different industries and yes. And at the same time, it's helping professions yeah. in general. Yeah. And, and mm. right. Anything. My therapist oriented. said something. To, my therapist said something to me this week that was really interesting. She said, "I would like you to listen. The fact that you can say you are a therapist puts you ahead of a lot of people. There so you, you know what? That's a great thing. Don't yeah. don't limit yourself. She said, you're just offering free therapy to people right. that aren't so in right now. She yeah. said, um, <laughs> I would like to offer the suggestion that you have PTSD. Um, and she said, I would like to offer the suggestion that you have PTSD from having to serve people because you love people so much, but you're finding your, my reactions to things are so raw and strong. So like I get a text message and I'm like, (laughs) and it's like, it's a very interesting response. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's in my entire body. And so we need to talk about that as well as like, how do we care for our bodies post? We're not post, right? We're not, uh, how do we care for our bodies? How do we care for our bodies right now? Yeah. Which actually goes into our next section really well. Can we go into, so one of our, our first section is, did you hear, which is kind of our pop culture section. Mm-hmm. And I would love to talk about the Olympics uh, for lots of reasons. But one of them is I think it has opened this conversation around body and care for body and care for mind. And uh, there's mm-hmm. a couple of really interesting stories. It's not just um, uh, Simone Biles, her story, I mean, incredible what she has done uh at the same time the reaction are you guys surprised by the reaction or um am i surprised at like the reaction to like people like treating people it's like simone biles nearly like wipes out and says i'm gonna take a step back right because i can't handle this shit right now and i know that if i do this again i'm gonna hurt myself and then, like, you know, jump over to, like, some Eastern European person who was in the tennis. He lost, and he broke his tennis racket on the court, and nobody said shit about it. So I'm like, okay, things I'm seeing, it's, hmm, another Black woman being persecuted for taking care of herself. And, you know, like, also it's just, like, people are not machines, and people are not... And this is what capitalism does to us, right? It teaches us that we're only like your body is only as as worth the labor it can produce. Mm -hmm. And if you're on a national stage, the labor that Simone Biles' body can produce is a gold medal and pride and thinking that we're the best, we're the best. When in reality, the system is not sticking up for her, but what she can produce. I loved uh, all these people were like, she's letting her teammates down and all of her teammates. There has not been one that hasn't come out and said, she's once again, leading us. She is once again, leading us. And I, um, I, as a, I'm a three people pleasing three, I'm a three with a two wing on the Enneagram, if you will. And I remember having all the shame and fear telling my leadership team that I was stepping down. And one of them said mm-hmm. to me, once again, you're teaching us how to rest. 
And like, once again, you're mm. teaching us something. And I think so often with these Olympians, um, as someone who grew up an athlete and grew up in that environment in a very minuscule way, like just as, you know, I actually saw the time for the hurdles was like faster than how fast. I ran a 400 and I went to state and South state in the 400 with my relay team. So I was fast back in the day, uh, but they are faster mm-hmm. than me with hurdles guys with hurdles. Um, but I think it is a conversation we need to have because the mental and physical well-being. um, there's also, have you guys heard about, I put it in our notes cause the Belarus runner, have you guys heard about this Belarus runner who, um, mm-hmm. critiqued a coach and then was told she had to tell them that she wasn't um, she was injured and was having to go back to Belarus when really she was about to be persecuted. And so she in the airport is surrounded by her coaches and she goes up to a Japanese security guard and figures out how to type in Google, I need help. Mm-hmm. And they rescued her and she's mm-hmm. in um, Poland. Oh, she, she requested asylum, mm-hmm. right? As I went. Yeah. Because as an athlete. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard the first part of that story. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that's why she did yeah, it. Yeah, um, she wrote something on Twitter that, that was like questioning of um, the leadership. And her grandmother called and said, you need to know what they're saying about you here. Mm. Yeah, because that sounds like a scary thing. Almost as scary as Sarah's frozen face. <laughs> She'll come back in a second. She'll come back. But... Uh, Kevin, did you even know what the twisties were before? No, like, never heard this of them. Past week? I, I never knew, heard of it I, once. Well, the thing is, like, like, as soon as they said the twisties, I knew exactly what they meant, though. Wait. Yeah, yeah, you knew it. But I also don't think, like, no one even knew that this was a thing that these elite gymnasts, like, had to deal with. And, like, that that could be something that could just happen mm-hmm. at, to any gymnast of any level. Mm-hmm. And the fact that no one even knew that that was possible, like, like some people know it in in baseball and stuff. They know what the yips are, yep. which is where you just stop being able to perform. You're not supposed but to no talk one, about the yips. I had never even heard the term uh, the twisties. So, but it makes sense. Like you're flying through the air. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you don't know where your orientation, you're gonna be hurt. There is this beautiful. Oh. There's this beautiful chance too for us to see leadership look differently, right? For us to see people putting their their well being um, in a time mm-hmm. when we are being asked to push ourselves and keep pushing ourselves and push through and push through and break the blockade and do the thing. Well, like here's the thing with me: just like, I never like I, I think in the past two years, I don't push for anything anymore. I know. Like I don't like I want to. I don't want to push. I want to lay down. I want to flow. I want to be easy. And I am not trying to like put my body in any sort of situation where I could feel discomfort, not discomfort, but just like, I don't need to do that anymore. None of us do. Mm -hmm. And I think like, what would happen if we all just like mass invested in our own mental health? What if we all took a fucking nap? What if we all demanded (laughs) of our bosses a living wage? What if we all demanded a health care? What if we demanded? I mean, like, this is what I mean, like, and this is like me being, I guess, like, I'm fired up because I've been listening to a lot of like socialist podcasts. But like, this, this is literally like what I use the means of production, Kevin sees the fucking means of production. But that's, that's literally it. I'm just like, 
I mean, like, I think like the thing that I am recognizing now is like our the whole thing from top to bottom in America, government, education, it's uh, it's infected with with capitalism and and the patriarchy. And we literally have to start creating new ways of being in the world. Yes. Like it's no longer an option. And I think that, you know, for those of us who find ourselves on like, you know, like this uh, just left of Christian land, if you will, or just outside of Christian land or somewhere like in the, in between lands, um, you know, I think there's like, I mean, I'm just like, I figured, I, I feel, at least for me, I figured it out for myself. And I don't, I think that's something that is available for everybody if they want it, you know? I think it's um, very fascinating. So as I've stepped away from my current position and I'm working on all this other stuff, guys, men, almost daily, someone DMs me asking how I'm making a living. Uh, and when I respond, oh, I prepared, I saved money before I did this, whatever I hear must be nice. That's not how it would work for me. And it's this very fascinating thing where I'm like, whoa. Or Wait, they literally say must be nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? It must be nice. It's the weirdest um, thing. Oh, because the, oh, it's because they have uh, 2.5 kids and a wife and a giant house and a mortgage and all their bills. Some of them and do. You are a dope at, and you are a dope ass single woman who owns a couple of properties and has a 401k. That is true. Um, I think so. There's this choices are choices, but there's also this sense of choices. I want to, I want to reiterate something that goes all the way back to what we're talking about, but this idea of scarcity and abundance. Mm. And I think that is our biggest thing. Like if, if our, if they rest, that means I could rest but I don't know that I'm supposed to rest because I've been told if I rest, someone's going to get ahead of me and pass me up. Some athlete, some person in my job, whatever, um, is going to get ahead. And then there's going to be nothing. Shakari Richardson. She could just blow by you in an instant. Right. There's nothing for me. Um, there is this scarcity and I, I have to remind myself all the time that that is a capitalist narrative mm-hmm. that I, um, definitely have bought into, but I have to ask the question, like, am I okay? If I know in myself, because let me tell you guys, mm. these uh, DMs, because I've had several, like I said, almost every day, uh, they throw me, you know, I want to like one guy mm. was like, I'm just curious, what do you actually do for a living? Um, it, Girl, you know, how many people ask me that on a daily basis as well? And I'm like, what do I do for a living? Well, here's also I want to reframe that right. because they also they they mean, what do you do? Right. To make right. Oh, because I what do I do to make this. a living? Yes. What do I do to make a loving? I sit down on that yoga mat every single morning and I pray. I, I would take my dog for a walk, smoke a little weed. I make sure I masturbate. You know, the good life. <laughs> the good life. <laughs> All the good stuff every day. You yes. Should, you should be a youth pastor. <laughs> oh my God. Like the, the internet's. <laughs> I, I, <okay. laughs> No, that's yeah, that that is Mason. Mason is the that's Mason. He's so. What am I? I'm definitely the internet's internet's aunt, and we can talk about it later. I don't want to be the internet's aunt. I'm the internet's. I'm like, 
I mean, I said it on my, my other podcast with Jamie. I said that digital pastor is just a Trojan horse to get people to talk to me so I can get them into my cult. Mm. <laughs> to get them into your cult. Oh, you yeah, just right? added yourself, honey. <laughs> I added myself a long time ago. People <laughs> like... <laughs> as a, as a, trying to be godmother Kevin, you are 100% a godmother. A godmother? Go. I think... I could do that. Yeah. I'd be down with that. <laughs> I love that you're... Yeah, so you've got... Yes. Um, if I had a child, yeah, sure. if I have a child, you are 100% going to be the official godmother. I'm to- I'm down, that honestly. So Anybody good. out there want me to be your child's godparent? I can lead them in the ways, mm. the old ways. Actually, this leads us to our next one. Are you ready? An incredible what? movie came out about <gasps> oh, called Pray Away. This- our friend um, worked on this, Miles, and it is... Um, I haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet because I have been told that um, and from people who really know and love me. So not like told that I need to watch it mm-hmm. within certain settings because it is. You need to watch it during the during day. The day. You need to watch it with people. a friend and you need to give yourself at least an hour afterwards to recuperate. Yeah. Have you watched it yet, Blake? I have not. No. I, okay. Um, if you're, if you're watching this live and you've watched it, we want to hear Ains what your thoughts already watched are. It. We would love to hear what you think yeah. of it. Um, what do you? Yeah, tell us it. Tell us in the chat here what we've got. Um, I'm trying to see if like the the it will come up. Um, Dean, my wife, and I watched it last night. What were your thoughts on it? Um, Blake, you said you haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it. I've seen the trailer. I've seen the trailer. Like, some of the people that are featured, and um, you know, I'm I'm very very interested in. And and how it's going to be received, not just on the the sort of people that that we all know within the mm-hmm. networks we've established that are sort of in this space have gone through these programs. Like w- watching some of the folks react to it, like um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, who did I see that had some really good comments about it? Um, there there were a handful of people that were commenting about it on uh, Jonah um, mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, had a good thread about it and um, yeah I just haven't made the time yet because uh, I want to as you said like set aside that time to be able to to process it um, yeah. I mean I, the first time the first time Kevin that I ever talked to you mm-hmm. like you know five years ago almost uh, you you talked about your own experience and the and those sorts of things and yeah mm-hmm. it's it's a it's impacted so many people it's very interesting because I, I've been so far removed from this, like the conversation like this for so long. Uh, I mean, I, I guess technically it's not, not been that long, like, um, cause Exodus closed its doors, um, right as I was becoming a missionary. And so like, I, that was like the tail end of my stuff, but like, even after they closed, like, I still, like, I was a part of Living Waters Ministry, which was an offshoot um, and is one of the larger offshoots that still operates in the U.S. Um, but, like, when I when I watched it, um, I cried, you know, as predicted. But I cried mostly, um, I cried during when Julie, there's a part when Julie is reading part of her book. Um which I will let you be the, actually, you know what we need to do? 
Um, I want to get, we're going to get Julie on here. I'm just going to speak that into existence. Ben. Oh my God, Julie. Aunt Julie. But she reads part of her um, book that's about self-harm, right? She does. And it is, as I'm sitting there, I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here. I'm just like, it makes perfect fucking everything that I did to myself finally makes sense now. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. I get it now. And so I found myself having a lot of compassion for myself. I found myself um, having a lot of compassion for the people who started Exodus and like started that whole thing because it was started by gay, by gay people, people who were convinced that they were doing the right thing. And you know what? People do a lot of stupid things in the name of trying to do the right thing. But also it's like, it's very interesting to me that early on people noticed that something was wrong and were trying to raise the alarm, but how quickly people were just like, how I'm just like, wow, once again, the empire like exploited these minorities. Again, the church exploited these minorities. I think it's again hard too, because I know as someone who grew up in a more progressive setting and um, I remember sitting with a dear friend who had gone through Um, I think it was Exodus um, and was sharing Mm. the story of no longer being gay. And it was a joyful thing for them. But I had learned Mm -hmm. from my upbringing and friend groups and things like that, that um, kind of two things that were hard and in like, didn't work together. One was you always let someone have their story. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is his story. He's sharing it like, I found this freedom da, 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 and I'm like, okay. Um, but your story is so damn it. Like, but who, you know, mm-hmm. so I remember just as someone who, um, you know, is an ally and not even part of the community in that way, I felt this pain for maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know the whole story. Maybe this is good for people. And I remember mm-hmm. just feeling that and how difficult it was. Uh, to see people that I loved and it because it was people I knew who were choosing this for themselves mm-hmm. because they were tr- trying to um, find the joy and freedom that they thought they were being offered through it. And I want to give you. Okay, and real quick, when you're saying it and this, you're talking about people who are actively choosing to uh, not act on their same sexual, same sex attraction. Yes. People who are like mm-hmm. part of the ex gay movement. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, okay. But in the same way, um, just because of the culture and community I grew up in, I was like, this can't be good, you know? Uh, and so it was yeah. a very weird, so I'm, I'm I, that's the part I'm looking forward to hearing is the, what was mm-hmm. actually happening for those folks internally, knowing that they mm-hmm. were only sharing a part of that with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, cause also what I think the, the documentary does a good job of is both uh, framing the people who started all these things, like what happened, why it happened, and then also how it broke down, mm. both like the mental and physical, so both from the people who were leading this thing um, and with the people who they were trying to minister to, people who were getting hurt, people who were hurting themselves and, you know, taking their own lives in some cases. Um, and they also, in the same documentary, feature people who are part of the modern ex-gay movement, like the change movement of the Bethel, the Freedom Mm -hmm. March. And they do it in a way that I think is as respectful as they can. They literally just film their meeting and they share this, you know, they share the story. But like, as as I'm sitting there, I'm just like, 
there's still like the, the thing that's in the thing that's still wrong here is like y'all think that the way to God is to be straight is that you like, and also you spend your entire, like you made your entire life about walking away from this thing. Like you're the ones who are not putting your identity in Christ, but what do I know? Um, but uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's one of those things where I, I get it mm-hmm. because I was there. Yeah. I, when you are convinced that God will send you to hell, if you don't do X, Y, Z things, you will do anything. And who the fuck keeps texting me? It's not me. You're just too popular. It's not me. And why is my? <laughs> Ugh, sorry. I mean, usually. <laughs> I don't it's know me. why I got so angry with that. Usually it's me because you have PTSD. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but see, that's what I was. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I mean, like you know, for I mean, complex PTSD. Um. Uh. All I have to say, I loved it. I cried, and I also felt very good. Uh, at the end of it, I felt it was cathartic for me because I felt like a lot of my experiences that I've never been able to articulate. I'm like, I can't really explain to you what it was like yeah, because you, you had to be there. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like they were able to give a very clear picture of what was going on and how we all felt. Um, and so I feel like for a lot, of, I've been talking to a lot of my friends who were out of Exodus and who had gone through that. And a lot of us are saying, yeah, I finally, like, this has finally given me some closure. That's what um, I've heard on a couple of fronts from people who are like, ooh, watching this was a weird, I didn't think I'd be ready. And then I felt the sense of closure and almost validation um, for mm-hmm. here's where I'm at. So I, everyone go watch it. That's, yeah. That's yeah. really encouraging that it has that impact on people that, have experienced that because I, mm-hmm. I I feel like the the flip side of that the other side of the coin is going to be people that have no idea what mm-hmm. everyone that went through that what that experience mm-hmm. was like yeah and so it's going to be eye opening for them and they're going to have to process and own mm-hmm. their own feelings but yeah. for for it to be a source of healing is in lots of ways even even better to hear it's so mm-hmm. cool I mean it's, yeah. Cool meaning good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's cool and good. <laughs> um, Peggy asks you, Kevin, do you have thoughts for those of us who are queer but never made it to conversion therapy? Do you mean, uh, I have some question, some clarifying questions. Yeah. Uh, clarify that um, thoughts re like watching the film. Uh, Cause if that's your question, that is definitely one I can answer. I think that like, um, if you like watch it, if you want to, I will say if you are someone who's easily triggered and has like, here's my thing. If you're someone who, you know, you get easily triggered. This is trauma. Like this is, I would classify this as trauma porn. Mm-hmm. Don't trigger yourself just because you think you need to watch this. You don't have to do anything. And if you like, it's hard to watch. Okay. It's fucking hard as shit to watch because you are seeing, hearing, and watching uh, something terrible play out right in front of you and people explaining to you why they did terrible things. And then the thing is just like, they didn't know they were doing terrible things. They thought they were doing God's will, but like, it's hard to sit there and listen to them justify or try to justify. And they're not trying to justify. They're just explaining what happened. And for me, by the end of it, I was filled with compassion for them. Now, granted, I ain't gonna fuck with most of them, but that's my business. But I do. I was like, I understand. I understand why now. Um. So. 
So go watch it if you can. Um, ooh, Dean has a big answer for it. Uh-huh. Dean starts. Ooh. Uh, should I put it up on the screen? Sure. I'm skimming it. It's really long. It's good. So Dean's guy says, I really enjoyed it. Of course, certain parts of it made me angry. I knew one of the guys who was a friend of the gentleman at the beginning who was claiming to have been changed. Yep. He's a part of our ministry corps that's supportedly helping people. And it cuts off. I'm going to keep reading it over here. Um, uh, people get delivered from being gay, quote unquote. He's married and has a kids now. It's hard for me to say as much as a straight man, but my wife and I are very outspoken allies to the LGBTQ plus community in our area. Thanks. Um, and that's the thing is that people who go that direction, like I have no doubt that they believe that this is exactly what spirit is leading them to do. Um, and at the same time, if it is making you miserable, that's data to respond to. And like, that's the thing. If I could sit down with people, I'm just like, so how is this making you feel? Mm. Are you happy? Like, are you happy? Because if you're happy, then like, we have nothing else to discuss. Right. But if you're not, I mean. Are you happy and not harming heard, others? Mm-hmm. That's the other piece of this, right? Are you happy and not harming others? Because I think the piece is this mm. person trumpeting along. This is the way for mm. all of you is. Mm. Is harmful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One and, so, time, and, and that's, a, that's what I, I, they never, they bring up. It's just like, we're not being hurt. I'm just like, the thing about it is within Christian spaces, you are the places that you actually care about being heard. You are being heard. And actually you are leveraging your political powers in order to fight off a, an offense that does not exist. And in fact, you are using it to continuously demean, destroy, and dismantle any small rights that we already have as queer people. That's what you're actually doing. So as far as what you are doing with your life, yes, I love that for you. Get your shit out of the fucking courts. Stop trying to limit my rights. And you allow me to use whatever fucking bathroom I need to, because sometimes I'm wearing a dress, okay? Ugh. Blake, you were going to say something before we both went into oh, yeah, it. So, no, it's it's totally fine. We, we haven't done it. It's, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, I would like to move on because we are... Running out of time. Also, are Always. we doing... Well, so are we... We're recording the Exvangelical right after this, right? Yeah. I, if, if you guys are... Uh, oh, oh that, I, am uh, I am in okay. it. I am in it. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Tight, tight, tight. Um... But we need to get on to our next portion of the pod. Um, it is um, dun, da, 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 airing of the grievances. We can probably just like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think, do I have any grievances? Did I write anything down? You didn't. Um, what do you got? I just want to talk about the eviction moratorium for a minute. Um, okay. Yeah. Hit it. I just think it's really frustrating. Frustrating um, for folks to say COVID is give, over. Wait, give give context. What's Great. the story here? Yeah. Some people don't know the news. So the um, the a lot of people have been fighting for. So the eviction moratorium. Um, so government was helping bail people out who weren't able to pay their rent, making sure that people who own the places and spaces 
And by the way, I say all of this as someone who owns a place that they rent out. So I am a landlord. Um, and so eviction moratorium was you cannot evict people um, during this this time. And uh, that ended. But COVID and some of the restrictions and reasons why people couldn't afford their rent hasn't ended. And so people fought and fought and fought and fought. You keep going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and no, keep going. Uh, basically, we were down to like a 24 hour thing. I don't know if you were watching it at all. I've been trying to stay away from the news, uh, but also we, this is important. So I was reading it. Um, but eventually it did make it all the way to the president who then voted um, that we should keep the moratorium, but he says it's unconstitutional, he thinks it's unconstitutional and that his thing will be shot down. So just wondered if either of you had thoughts on it. Um, I think if the eviction moratorium doesn't go through, we're going to have a homeless epidemic. I think that this country is going to go even further into a, an, it's, a bigger crisis than we've seen in a long time. And I don't even, I'm not even saying that ironically or with any sort of humor. I really think it's going to be one of the biggest problems we face if the, yeah. if people have the power to throw people out on the street and also what a terrible check-in on our humanity. Yeah. Mm hmm. I, I mean, I'll just echo that. And like, I, I think that, um, I, I think that as you were talking about earlier, Sarah, this idea of scarcity, like we have uh, just abundant uh, wealth and we can find capital for all sorts of things, but we like can't find the capital to ensure that people aren't homeless during a period when literally the air is toxic for those that don't, that haven't been vaccinated. I mean, that's just uh, absurd and, and, I don't know. Like I have the same sort of desire for the things that would, would address that. Like, you know, universal basic, basic income seems like automation mm -hmm. is staring. I don't know. I could, that's, there's a whole bunch of other just like existential threats. And, and the fact that we're considering throwing people out of their homes is just so uh, unjust. It doesn't make any fucking also like where do you want them to go because then they become yeah. and it, it's like because then they become you know one of those homeless people that you can't fucking stand and why don't they just fucking get it get a job well uh it's called COVID 19 and it's killed a bazillion people yeah it's also it should just be like it should just be the the jeff bezos had a really fucking good 2020 he went to space in 2021 special tax just for him so that we can take care of this. Yeah. For it's going to be called the fun tax. We're going to the Jeff Bezos fun. Well, tax. and Jeff Bezos, not Jeff Bezos. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys saw that the justice department is actually suing. Uh, 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 I got to look it up. I don't know what state it is because I am terrible. at. Come on, current events, bring it up, bring it uh, up. The Phoenix police are being looked at for the way that they've been treating the folks who are experiencing homelessness or who are unsheltered um, because They've been doing this, like, uh, like picking up all their stuff and moving it and throwing it, like all their stuff. And it's incredible that we're finally having conversations around this. Um, my brother and his dear friend are um, just incredible advocates. Um, more, my brother's best friend is an incredible advocate for the homeless in his area. And one of the things that's really hard is they just keep moving people from place to place to place. And in the midst of it, you're upsetting people because when you move people from place to place to place to place. Um, 
So they'll like clean up a camp and move them into another area. But they do things like have lights on these people and it's just a terrible situation. And so the Justice Department is actually going after Phoenix for this kind of behavior. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hope that they do actually do something about it. I'm not hopeful though. And I'm seriously considering trying, I don't know where the fuck I would, nowhere's good. Like that's the thing. Where would where would we go? Nowhere is good. So here's the thing. We just Wendell yeah. Berry it. We get really invested in our local area and do what we can on a local level. Right? Uh, everyone join fairfight.org so you can ensure the future of Georgia. Yes, Georgia. And the future of the vote in general. Stacey Abrams oh, will save absolutely. us all. Yes. <laughs> Stacey Abrams will save us all. Oh, I love her. Um, My grievance. My grievance is Tucker Carlson in Hungary. Bring That's it. My grievance. Bring talk it. Tell, talk tell us more. Yes. Ta- tell us more about that. So, just read an article. Tell me more. So Tucker Carlson is like spending the week in Hungary. And actually, Hungary is basically this this sort of staging ground that a lot of uh, Republicans that have more autocratic tendencies really look to and want to partner with because – he, even though they have elections, they're so heavily stacked that there's, it's basically de facto control by the ruling party. And uh, Orban, once he came back to power in 2010, he was actually, um, he was actually aided by the same American political strategist that saw the populist appeal of Donald Trump. <laughs> Back in 2011, he saw the potential for Trump in politics. The same guy helped him. Um, and Hungary is just like, it. it's really demolished checks and balances, uh, rewrote their constitution under him, made sure that, that marriage was just between a man and a woman, uh, you know, and all sorts of really you know that, lovely you know that- far right policies and the fact that Tucker Carlson is the most popular TV host in the country and he's just trying to mainstream this uh, uh, this person and this government is really really disconcerting for people that keep an eye on like conservative politics and and um, the ways in which they communicate with their base which again 70 million people voted for Donald Trump just a few months ago. And I think we're going to find that that Venn diagram between Tucker and Trump is a, is actually just a perfect circle. <laughs> yeah. A and perfectly so, so terrible like this is, circle. so this, so yeah, it's, uh, um, it's disconcerting and even people like Rod Dreher, Mr. Benedict option, Mr. Whatever he's, uh, he's also in Hungary and he's just from a conservative Christian perspective, trying to, and normalize this sort of stuff and uh, yeah this rhetoric is not not good and the fight's not over just because biden won oh not at all <laughs> oh also not by like, a long shot also biden is also apparently like totally standing behind line three which if you don't this is also a grievance i will bring up that i didn't know if you didn't know a canadian company is currently trying to build an oil pipeline through um uh, native territory native sovereign land so uh, it's another standing rock situation mm-hmm. if you will uh, you can check out hashtag stop line three across all social media platforms. Although TikTok is apparently suppressing a lot of people. It's very interesting. It's, it's, it's just, it's so 
Oh, and like what's also like wild is that they were like giving police and security forces like authorization to use lethal force on the water protectors. Mm. And they have like, been like you can see all the bruises and all that sort of stuff. It's not ugh. and that is Biden. I mean, there's still there that's the thing. It's hard, right? Because we want to um have something to rally behind and rally for. And I hate that like he's the better of two evils, right? Uh, but it is true. I think yeah, that's- even even so, like I I uh there have been steps forward. It's just it's mm-hmm. like it's hard because we're all connected all the time and we like feel the weight of everything, you know, so like we can see literal human suffering on our phone at any point in the day. And like for it's very easy to get overwhelmed. So part of me uh, thinks that sometimes you just have to like choose, mm-hmm. choose your lane, yeah. not just stay in your lane, but but like choose, choose a lane and and focus on whatever that issue is. And work with other people that are doing stuff in their lanes because magnify their voices, right? Right. Yeah. Let let them be really Mm. informed. Figure out a way to support Mm -hmm. them continuing to be informed and just sort of yeah, I agree. Like start a group of irreverent media things. Do it. Um, (laughs) That was stupid. That was great. I loved it. It, Or was it? Was it? Or was it really great? Um, Well, friends. We're getting close to time, uh, which means that we're going to run out of time to do questions. So we will just save them all for <laughs> next week. Um, because I figure like I we are. Um, but I wanted to just end this with um, any words of wisdom, any thoughts or happy feelings that you have that you'd like to share as we depart. Yeah, I think good advice, right? Like, I think that was our sort of our whole thing was like, what's some good advice yeah. that you can share with other yeah. people? What's uh, the best advice that you could give that you're going like, to, what's the advice that either, you, yeah, do we want to be sappy or do we want to be funny? <laughs> I think you can do either. No, I mean, uh, well, just like, what's the advice that you're giving yourself right now? Um, I would, the sort of advice that I'm, I'm trying to give to myself is that, um, Actually, this I'll, I'll say this, which is uh, something just from my day job that I've uh, been saying to some folks that I've also been because uh, I work in sort of a service type role uh, within my organization. Um, and to some of my coworkers, I've been I've been saying it's it's not magic, it's math. Um, and what I mean by that, what I mean by that in my particular context is like, no, I can't make. The, the the my coworker can't make the image crisper because you gave us a low res, resolution file like mm-hmm. like the pixels aren't there you know um, but the way I think about that because I I make all sorts of things abstract that don't need to be abstract um, now I'm I'm trying to think of that in my own sort of life and the sort of whatever sort of work I'm doing uh, a lot of it's just continuing to do the work, even, even with trying to do it wisely with what you were talking about earlier of knowing when you need to rest. Mm -hmm. And that's also part of the, part of the work is learning what your limits are. Mm. Um, and when you've, when you've hit them, uh, but for the most part, it's just, um, my advice is to, if you have something that, that you enjoy or that you are passionate about, keep at it. Um, 
even if you even if you feel like the dividends aren't coming as fast as you want because it's um, math just keep at it yeah it'll it'll keep building at, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the fucking day if you like doing it keep doing it if you don't like doing it don't do it mm-hmm. that yeah. that is one of the um absolute benefits of having a friend like Kevin um, who will let me rant on and on about something, go, do you want to do it? And cause I'll give all the reasons <laughs> like, well, this person needed to do this thing and I do this thing and, blah, blah, blah. and, and then Kevin will go, that's not what do you want? Is it bringing you joy? <laughs> do you want to do it? Yeah. And yeah. I don't even Kevin, think to ask Kevin's a great person to talk to. Mm-hmm. Kevin's a great person to talk to because he figured that out. Yeah. Like, I feel like you figured that out early. Like a lot of people spend their twenties and thirties and they're like, God damn it. Why do I keep doing this? Why am I burning out at work? Why did it? And I will tell you, 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 you dialed into it early. It well, is thanks. completely, <laughs> a, it is completely a product of, um, kind of being surrounded by awesome people. Like, from the jump, like when I came out, I had amazing people, I had amazing friends. I had teachers who said, slow down. And I took them seriously. I, I think that's the thing is like, it's not that I'm any better than anybody. It's just that like, I don't know, just, I do it. I, um, and it's, it's great. This is a, this was a compliment. So I, I think it's a great. Yeah. Well, I receive it. Thanks so much. I um, it's nine p.m. where I am, and we need to get on. Can to I give you my advice, recording. and then we can get on? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. patriarchy. Maybe, probably not. <laughs> uh, no, it's it would be. Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what kind of oppression. Sexism. Okay. Sexism. Um, sure. So Go ahead. the thing that I keep reading uh, this week. Well, two things. John O'Donohue is my favorite poet. We know this. I post stuff about him all the time. But Morgan Herbert Nichols, who is a friend of mine and actually is someone that uh, now Kevin knows and is just... Morgan! She's wonderful. Um, she, she posted this thing that said, the future will arrive when it's time for it to arrive and you do not have to exhaust yourself trying to figure out how you will get there. And I think for me and where I'm personally at, I spend so much time with my wheels spinning And I think that is great advice for me is that you cannot slow down or speed up time. Um, And so you're missing Mm -hmm. out when all I do is sit and just like get really like I start to try to rush to the next thing. And then I'm not living into this. Like I planned this time to be here so that I would slow the hell down. And then I got here and was like, okay, how the hell do I slow down? Remember you are here now be here now be here now be here now i like it <laughs> alan watts <gasps> ram das ram das i'm sorry how dare you i don't care <laughs> um friends this has been a fantastic show it is so good having blake on here i um want to remind everyone to take care of themselves what do we say every week make sure you take mm-hmm. your meds make sure you drink your water call your person move your make body sure you yeah. Um, and I would say, I want you to tell yourself a joke. Yeah. Make yourself laugh. Make good decisions or bad. You know? Yeah. Um, we love you. We do. We've had a really, really great time. Tell your friends, come back next week, same time, same, time. same place right here We're on doing that. YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. 
We're live every single Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, well, it's daylight time. Whatever the time is, that's the one you go for. Yes. Um, we like you so much. We love you. Um, we don't just thank you, Shane. Thank you. Like you. We love you. Go ahead. Sorry. We love you. Uh, and Blake, before we sign off, tell people where they can find you on the internet and also promote anything that you want to promote, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, that's where I usually hang out online at BR Chastain. Uh, Instagram at BR Chastain with an underscore uh, at the end there. Um, I also write a newsletter called The Post Evangelical Post. And you can find that at postevangelicalpost.substack.com and exvangelical wherever you listen to podcasts. Check him out. He's also Sarah. <laughs> um, Sarah, can you? Can, where do you find? Where do? Mm-hmm, where do people find you? And do you have anything that you want to promote? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Rev Sarah Heath across most platforms. I right now I'm kind of taking a break from Twitter to be honest, uh, just because I've been really focused on my project of working on. Um, working on my airstream and so you can find i just did an artist uh takeover conversation with an incredible community called holy family in houston um they have amazing artists um so check that out and my old my podcast that i was working on uh, making spaces still you can catch all of that and um yeah i think that's all i've got going on right now i've got some events coming up but they're all like at people's smaller communities and come to wild goose bar mitts Bar mitzvahs, Bar mitzvahs. guys, and we're all part of something called Irreverent Media Group, and uh, just the most delightful humans. Literally, I think the people I call every day are all from this. Uh, Justin and I had the longest <laughs> conversation the other day. Um, I think uh, just an incredible group of humans who are trying really hard to be in the world, um, helping folks uh, where with wherever they are in the journey. So check them out. Um, and you can follow me across the internet at the Kevin Garcia. I would like to promote that um, Wonderfully Made in Atlanta is coming up Woo-hoo! on August 27th, featuring Jamie Lee Finch, Andre Henry, and my friend Keith Menhinnick. Um I mean, they're people. all my friends, but like Keith is probably the person you don't know, but you will. <gasps> but you, you should. <laughs> He's wonderful. Um, so it's going to be a powerhouse time. So come hang out with us there and... Um, listen to my other podcast, The Tiny Revolution. And that's it. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next see week, you next everyone. Week, friends. Good Bye. night. Good night.